0: everyone welcome to career carrots a podcast where we discuss building your career from the perspectives of a university student and a career professional my name is rob kim i'm bringing the old person i mean the career professional perspective i'm currently a career strategist in the faculty of land and food systems which we call lfs at the university of british columbia
1: Hi everyone, my name is Elena and I'm here to bring the student perspective to this podcast. I'm currently a third-year dietetics student in the faculty of LFS here at UBC and I'm also a UBC work-learn student supporting the LFS mentorship program with Rob. So part of this role is looking at various ways that we can support people in their career journey. Uh,
0: So that's a little bit about what this podcast project is about. Poor Elena, I've said like She has to work with me. And I said, let's try something a little bit different in ways that we can support students uh, journey and and career. And so we've never done a podcast, but we're excited to share our stories, our perspectives for the listeners to get some insight, maybe, or understanding of different approaches to building their own career. Uh, Elena, I know you're a huge like baker. You really love it. Uh, So what have you been baking recently?
1: I've been doing a lot of baking um, just because of the weather out and, you know, the winter vibes. So that's been a lot of cookies, using up some eggnog.
0: Have you always been a like a baker?
1: Yeah, I would say since I was like five, I used to bake with my mom a lot. I think we made a lot of chocolate chip cookies and we would always make them. And then we'd watch Food Network together. And so this really helped me to develop the love of food that I have today.
0: Do you Do you think... Some of this baking maybe kind of influenced your career path
1: at all? I think subconsciously it may have. I knew that I always really loved food and I loved helping others. And that was one of the main reasons that I went into dietetics. So I think it definitely did impact it a little bit. Um, But turning it over to you, Rob, I've seen you a lot in classes and I've seen some workshops that you've held. And I know that you're really good at seeing careers from different perspectives and so I kind of had a little challenge for you today Ooh, a challenge. um I was wondering how we can connect maybe the topic of baking to careers
0: connecting baking to careers oh that's a good one well you know actually when when I think about baking I, I think it's could potentially be a great metaphor for you know your career maybe I'll even ask you just put you on the spot here Elena like if you think about baking as a metaphor how would you Mm -hmm. use that maybe as a metaphor for some of the things you've been doing uh with your career
1: Ooh, Hmm. I think one of the really big things about baking is it requires a lot of prep it's always easiest when you know what you're doing when you read through the recipe and then you set up all of your ingredients ahead of time make sure that you have everything in place and I think bringing that into dietetics doing research and making sure that you know a little bit about the profession and just being able to prepare for that application
0: yeah I think that's a really nice analogy there when I think about um, you know currently a lot of food nutrition health students are thinking about applying into dietetics and I love that idea of preparation so when I think about baking too it's like process you know like thinking about your processes and you have a recipe and uh, I think many of us we actually don't have a recipe for career like applying for jobs and that sort of thing because it just kind of happens and so I, it's not anyone's fault it's like no one's teaching you through high school all the time like here are some steps that you can test out and try out but where Mm -hmm. I like this kind of metaphor is you know yeah what are what are what's your recipe to bake this application and then you need to like anything you have to actually do it right Mm -hmm. like you don't get to be a better baker from simply just watching Food Network right or watching your mom, you actually had to do the baking. And Mm -hmm. from that, you learn stuff like, oh, interesting, you know, if I beat the eggs, really hard, right, it's going to give me a different consistency, or like, it's going to be more fluffy for my, uh, my cake or whatever it is, right? Or, oh, room temperature ingredients, well, I have to prepare in advance, knowing Mm -hmm. the impact of temperature. So uh, I, I really think about yeah, you know, what is your recipe and recognizing that there is no perfect recipe.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Like there's no recipe for picking a career goal. And, you know, with recipes and your baking, usually you have to follow it step by step. And it matters a lot how you carry out the recipe, how you're measuring the ingredients. But then with something like a dietetics application, there's so many different recipes per se that you could use to get to the same point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's just chocolate chip cookie recipes. There's everyone has their own favorite uh, mix. And I think what I liked what you're saying is early on as a baker, you have to follow a guide or a template or a recipe because you don't know a lot. And then only through baking more and more you start adapting or figuring out what recipe works for you Mm -hmm. because also you have I mean I don't know what kind of chocolate chip cookie do you like I like I like a firm like almost like crust like on the outside but I want it to be like chewy and moist on the inside I don't like what type of chocolate chip person are you
1: I kind of like that as well um there's a bakery in new york that's really famous i don't know if i can say the name on the podcast well they're not
0: gonna they're not gonna sponsor us so you can go ahead
1: they should sponsor us they have amazing cookies (laughs) which which place um it's called levain and they're like massive cookies during quarantine everyone was trying to make them and like there were so many coffee cat recipes out there But those cookies are like huge, kind of gooey in the middle. Mm -hmm. They're almost scone-like in a way. But I think that just proves that there's so many different types of recipes and different um, like pathways that you can take almost to get to the same outcome.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, when you said that, it, it struck me. Look at all the people trying to replicate a unique recipe so Mm. if you think about your application I mean why would you want to duplicate someone else's you try you're trying to be unique and stand out of the crowd so part of it is you're you're thinking about okay I want to adapt or figure out other people's recipes but to get it to a point where then you're presenting this unique story right like Mm -hmm. this is my chocolate chip cookie right like and (laughs) and if it's really good it's going to stand out for some different uh different ways or Another way to think about it is sometimes it's knowing your audience, right? Like, you know, maybe the dietetics admission committee, they like different types of cookies mm-hmm. than, you know, if you're applying to some industry. So, I, you know, that actually that metaphor works really, really well. I mean, that's a, a great choice there.
1: Uh, Rob, I just want to point out that you didn't even address my challenge. I don't know if you connected baking to careers. <laughs>
0: You're right. I kind of avoided it. I mean, it's always easier when someone else answers uh, or or takes up the challenge, Um, you know. But in all seriousness, actually, one practice people can actually use for their careers is to use metaphors as a way to deal with uncertainty. Notice when we started talking about your experience with baking, you actually were really quick to like start connecting it to your dietetics application. And, you know, we know the research shows that, you know, when we learn well, when we actually use metaphors, but many people that I work with uh, and in support in career conversations, they always say like, oh, I'm not good at it when it's actually like we don't practice it a lot. So Mm -hmm. I hope the listeners here can really just test out using metaphors, even if they're bad, like just keep on dating using these metaphors. And that can really help you sometimes when you're thinking about your career or uncertainty in your career. So not to overbeat the batter.
1: <laughs> Good one.
0: Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, w- would you be able to maybe share with the listeners, maybe like three steps of your recipe for your dietetics application? Like what were three steps in there?
1: Yeah, um, I think, well, there's quite a few steps involved. But I think some of the ones that really got me into dietetics, number one would be research, number two would be reaching out to others, and then the third one would definitely be self-reflection.
0: So the can I ask a the follow-up? then when you talk about research, can you be a bit more specific? Like what, what did that actually look like? Like Were you like just in the library reading or like watching YouTube videos? Like what was it what did that look like for you? <laughs>
1: Um, I try to avoid the library actually, but yes, I,
0: I did a lot that.
1: of <laughs> I did a lot of research online, um, just looking up different different types of jobs that dietitians can do, um, really researching into what they're doing in the clinical world and um, what are the options for private practice and how you would get there and the different challenges of each different sector of dietetics.
0: So with the research part there, doing that research, thinking about, again, the baking metaphor, like then what did that actually do for you, though, when you were writing your application?
1: I think it just gave me a deeper insight into the profession. I think really knowing what the profession is about is it's really important to to convey within your uh, cover letter and especially in your interview. They want to see people that, know that they're passionate about dietetics and that they've done what they can to succeed
0: yeah you know to to everyone listening out there part of what i you know what i love about that is people forget sometimes whatever type of research you do really actually it is you're just trying to make yourself feel safe what i mean Mm -hmm. by that is if you're trying to pivot into a different industry you're like i know i could work in that role. I know I can go in Mm. that industry, but if because you haven't worked in the industry, if you don't do some of that research sometimes or or get a firm understanding of what that industry is about, it's really hard for you to actually feel safe to then talk to other people, right? Or do the interview or write your cover letter resume. So um, uh, that's really great that you're thinking about again mm-hmm. what is it that I can control to like do that deep dive mm-hmm. uh, you, you talked about reaching out to others uh, as a second one how, how what did that look like how, how was that process
1: yeah so I think research and reaching out to others it really went hand in hand reaching out to others I think a big part of my research that was like a big part of my research mm-hmm. um, I would actually use a Dietitians of Canada website, and I would find dietitians through there, and I would reach out to them, um, just introducing myself, telling them that I want to go into dietetics, and I sorry, would. Sorry, give... to interrupt. Did you
0: just reach oh, out yeah. through email? Like,
1: yeah, through yeah. email. Okay. Um, the Dietitians of Canada has like a contact me form for oh. each dietitian. Okay. So I kind of created like a skeleton template, and then I would. Um, individualize it for each dietitian and then also reaching out to others included some of my friends that were already in the program Um, I really utilized those relationships that I had built to ask them for tips and to get help with uh, building my resume and cover letter Um, I think I also saw you uh, Rob (laughs) Rob. uh, (laughs) resume and cover letter help so that was part of reaching out to others.
0: So, you know, I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, self-advocacy. Can I ask mm-hmm. like for someone like, you know, when I think about when I was your age, which is, you know, decades, decades ago, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, would well, be too shy to do that. Like, so how, how can I ask some specific questions? First of all, like how many people did you reach out to? Do you think like just the email, like the dietitian Canada approximately? I know it was a while ago.
1: Um, Well, I remember doing it in spurts. Like, I I would go insane at one point and Mm -hmm. I would email like 10 dietitians in a day. Mm -hmm. And then I would cool off because usually I would either get a volunteer opportunity or Mm I'd get some Zoom calls with some of the dietitians. Mm -hmm. And then I think I did that about three times. And about 30 reach out. About 30. Yeah. How many Um, responded? Honestly, a good majority of them do respond, even if it's to say, like, no, I don't have time. Yes. But then at least then they know your name. Yeah. And, like, if, you know, in the future, if they need any help with anything, they know that you're someone who advocated for themselves and wanted mm-hmm. to get um, some knowledge or experience.
0: And, and sorry, this I find this very fascinating. Like, how many of those reach outs led to an actual conversation in in retrospect
1: um i would say maybe one third or a little bit over and of those one third half of them i got volunteer opportunities out of
0: so Um, for for the listeners there at home if you're thinking mm -hmm. about you know one third right so 30 times like 0. 0.33, you're talking about almost 10, right? Mm-hmm. And then about five of those led to um, actual experiences, with mm-hmm. them, whether it's yeah. volunteering. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Can I ask again though, like how did you get the courage or how did you, because you're actually doing a very sophisticated level of networking, right? Where mm-hmm. it's almost like in, if you read about it, we would call this a coffee chat, informational yeah. interviews. Um how, how did you learn this or how did you like how did you know to do these sort of things
1: it's definitely not something that I had a lot of experience with but I do know that dietetics is a very small sector and a lot of dietitians have been through really similar things and so naturally they know how it feels to be a student mm-hmm. and they're very willing to help and my dad always told me like when I was growing up, like if you want something, you have to ask for it because mm-hmm. the worst thing that someone can say is no, and you just move on from there. Right. But at least then, you know, and you um, gave yourself the opportunity to potentially get whatever it is that you're asking for.
0: I mean, maybe we should just get your dad on this podcast. Like, that. <laughs> I, I, I hope the listeners really can hear that like real nugget there, right? Of if you want something, you know, you have to ask for it. And that's something I learned so late in my career that goes, that I think that's a great way to sum up self-advocacy, right? And I, I know when people think about networking, I, I thought about this all the time. Like, who am I to talk to this person? Who am I to bother? And uh, when really it's more like, yeah, test out, like, you know, listen, you're testing out different templates. You did it in three bursts. And Mm -hmm. then you're just like seeing who responds and, and moving forward. I mean, when you think about this process, how's that impacted you now in terms of your own networking skills? I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. If you're okay with Mm -hmm. that.
1: I think it's made me a lot more comfortable with networking, even if it's not dietetics related or career related, it's made me a lot more comfortable with like, if, I want to get to know someone sometimes you just have to put yourself out of that comfort zone um, and just see what happens
0: if you're okay to share when you are hitting send at that moment Mm -hmm. so like you know you went through and you're like yeah I got good experiences but back then when you hit send can you tell us exactly like what you were feeling at that moment
1: I think it was a bit of fear that I was like overbearing like it's almost like oh who is this student and who does she think she is to just like randomly <laughs> try to contact me mm-hmm. but I think at the end of the day I had low expectations going into it mm-hmm. and it was kind- it was almost in a way like a last resort like at that point I had run out of connections I had run out of like dietitians that I had known And I was like, I can't just like stay in a place where I'm okay with not really getting more experience or getting to know the field more. So I think it was really just that motivation to um, get more experience and to get to know more about the field. And at that point, I was just like, I don't really care who responds. If I get a response, that's like good enough for me.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird thing with networking. You know, a lot of us we start within our head. We want a job, right? So when we're reaching out, like, can you get me the job? But mm-hmm. you're right that it's it's a hard thing to not think about. But in many ways, yeah, you have the approach of like you know networking, just reaching out and then building a relationship, and then sometimes mm-hmm. seeing what they need from you rather than just you know give me an opportunity. I'm sure you know like those sort of things. I'll be honest really amazing networking uh, example that you, you gave, but I do want to, for, or, for people listening to recognize as well, like, this is a process, right? Like, I love that you just said, I, I just exhausted all my other po-. So it means you were doing all these other things, just <laughs> like in studying, right? Like, you know, first year, you're like, I've exhausted all the ways to study. I need yeah. something new. And I want people to recognize that again, when we're sharing our stories here on the podcast, there's was a process. You're not hearing the process necessarily. You're just hearing some of the results of that, or we're mm-hmm. speeding at the process. But mm-hmm. um, so I don't want someone to hear this and be like, oh my goodness, that's so beyond me. It's more like, okay, what can I do to work towards uh, something similar? And I'm amazed in a sense, like that's a really sophisticated network. I don't think I've ever done that level uh, like oh, that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then you said the third one, uh, self-reflection. Could you maybe yeah. give us a little bit of you know insight on what that meant? Because that, that one is interesting to me personally as a career strategist.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am very prone to overthinking and I think I really had to just hone in to like what my strengths are and what I need to work on and I think this really helped me with my decision of when to apply Mm -hmm. because I could have applied the year previously to when I got in but I decided not to apply just because I felt like I wasn't in a place where I was ready to be in such an intense program um And even though I wanted to graduate earlier, it just didn't seem realistic for where I was and how I was feeling regarding even the profession itself and whether I was exactly what I wanted to do. So I think it's really important to just take some time to yourself and really think about the decision before making it Um, because the application is a lot of work and it caused me a lot of stress. And so I think really just being able to self-reflect and know that I'm in a place to put in a good application, that was very important to me.
0: What did that self-reflection look like?
1: I think talking to people that you trust, mm. even people that are in the program, like how are you feeling at this point? Um, how much volunteering did you have? Also just like thinking about what I need to work on or things that I can improve and how I can get there
0: Yeah that's yeah. interesting you know I like that you brought up the self-reflection and uh, you know to be honest we didn't actually talk about your three steps and to hear your three <laughs> steps you you actually like literally laid down. These are three buckets that you are a great way to approach any career. Like you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about research. So there's different versions of that for us. Networking, right? Reaching out to others and this self, the self reflection piece. Again, when I supporting alumni and students, I find it's one of the hardest things, because most of us don't have a habit of, again, I will say, explicitly reflecting, writing things out, you kind of touch upon your strengths, right? And LFS 250, you actually do Clifton strengths, where you get your five strengths, right? And so, um, but it is interesting that you needed to reflect in order to feel safe about yourself, right? Confident in yourself, Mm -hmm. which again, that means you're then able to access your prefrontal cortex to do the (laughs) higher level thinking rational thinking right that requires that you're required for application writing Mm -hmm. and so um that's a lot of you know wisdom already there where you set some boundaries for yourself because a lot of us Mm. would be like because the fact of the matter is elena when did you actually know you want to get into go into dietetics
1: It had actually been something that I had been thinking about for a really long time. Like I came out of high school knowing that I wanted to do dietetics. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was one of the people that I literally went to UBC for dietetics, but I know that's definitely not always the case. And there's a lot of people who think about it later and they still get in. Yeah. So I think definitely not putting that pressure that like you have to know right away like right in your first year that's not true no um because i think there's always time and dietetics a lot of it is about transferable skills and being able to take what you've learned just from any of your experiences and um, transforming that into how that would help you in dietetics
0: yeah yeah I appreciate that, you know, you're you're talking to people about like, yeah, if you don't know, it's okay, which is, you know, mm-hmm. what, what I say all the time too, right? It's it's okay if you don't know what you want to do for your career. Well, what I find interesting for your case, your specific case is even knowing that you wanted to go into dietetics, you still needed that extra year to mm-hmm. again still feel ready right and again mm-hmm. you know someone who knows that they want to go to text could often be like I should have applied this year why am I not ready you know th- mm-hmm. those sort of things but you're you more looked at like you were realistic and st- setting boundaries for yourself and yeah, yeah. Uh, again, um, <laughs> I'm really uh, I'm really in awe of that actually for you to be able to do that again early in your career that's uh, thank you <laughs> that's a real problem for a lot of us uh, I guess you know, hearing our our baking metaphor and you know, you know you reflecting on your own processes, like mm-hmm. what's what's your takeaway from our conversation so far?
1: Mm-hmm. I think my takeaway, um, probably that there's a lot of different pathways to get to the same point. Um, Also how important it is to research and gain insight into the profession that you're going into. Not being afraid to reach out and also just being self-aware and being able to reflect upon your skills and your strengths. And also just not being able to fail or to have setbacks. Uh, Specifically for dietetics, like they've taken away the application limit. Mm-hmm. which when I had originally decided not to apply, that was definitely something that held me back. Um, but in reality, it wouldn't have been the end of the world if I didn't get in that first time. And I think that's the same with any career. You know, yeah. you're not going to get every job that you want. Um, but you take what you can from that. Um, I don't want to call it a failure, but like, mm-hmm not necessarily meeting the goal that you have um, and just being able to persevere through that i like that what's your takeaway rob
0: Uh, i mean before i get into my takeaway i i'm when hearing (laughs) your takeaway it's almost like yeah if you cook that last (laughs) batch of cookies like you failed a whole bunch of other times but Mm. it's so so satisfying when you actually get that fifth mm. batch right, you know, in many yes. ways, right? Because you yeah. you saw the process, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is my recipe mm-hmm. now." Um, my my one takeaway, you know, to be honest with you, Elena, is why my work learned student has never brought me any baked goods. No, oh, I, I, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You're like you're looking at me you're like. Oh, is he serious? Um, you know, my my takeaway actually is a little bit kind of thinking about this idea of like, always be learning. And what I mean Mm. by that is, um, hearing your story. Yeah. There's so much for me to learn. So I, you know, part of, if you think about like a career professional and we have a student, and when you think about the kind of stereotypes implied with that right maybe the student is inexperienced and yet here uh is your story that is very sophisticated in terms of like career strategies and i'm hearing these things and and identifying them and recognizing yeah this is why i love talking with people because i can always learn something from anyone and so that's always that's my kind of bigger takeaway there uh, so I want to uh, just thank everyone for uh, listening in on this episode. This is our first episode and uh, I'm really eager to, that that we're going to probably, I think we'll probably have an audience of maybe five people, like my mom, my dad, <laughs> maybe your mom and dad. Um, so that's four right there, right? So, uh, but we're, we're really excited uh, in, in, we're going to be doing 10 episodes together and we were, we're going to bring in just kind of different stories um, for you to hear again, not to do it our way, but to, again, think about how that applies um, to your own journey and what you can do um, with that. And also hopefully be a little bit more motivated and inspired sometimes because this stuff is hard. This stuff is hard. So yeah, we want to sprinkle in some career carrots into your diet, I guess is what we're saying, right? So just to wrap up here, because we're going to be doing uh episodes together i feel i feel like uh you need like a catchphrase you know what? like well cuz like you know what what if you blow up like you become like a huge celebrity from our um, our podcast yeah so you know i'm already thinking like we got to maybe help you kind of brand you know ek or something like like maybe you need like a catchphrase you know like uh what would be a good catchphrase for you
1: I haven't even heard people use the term catchphrase in like, I don't know how <laughs> long, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think people are really missing out that, you know, an opportunity, like, you know, to have a catchphrase, like, imagine if you had like, you, on a card, like your your name with a catchphrase, or you're saying it in your group work all the time, or like in your a, dietetics a cohort, <laughs> your dietetics cohort, like, you know, you kind of,
1: Um, I don't, I don't know about this one, Rob. But you don't don't
0: seem sold on it. But,
1: but, um, I'm big on keeping an open mind. What, like, maybe, like, what's your,
0: what's your bake away?
1: (laughs) I don't know if that's a catchphrase. That sounds yeah, that's um, like you
0: know you got like, you're you're, like talking with your friends, and then I don't think I
1: would have friends. What's your
0: bake away? You know, maybe we'll start getting your friends and family to start submitting to our email address um <laughs> some catchphrases, you know where yeah i think it'd be great like you know you're again you're in class and you're hanging out with your friends and then you're like chip chop hip hop bye or something like that and you have that catchphrase right and they're like oh there goes elena again <laughs> you can have a t-shirt with your catchphrase and like LFSUS us could start selling selling your t-shirt You could be a TikTok superstar with your catchphrase. I I think it's a good idea. Let's revisit it because I know right now you're kind of, I I can sense, you know, it's it's not that you're rejecting it. It's more like, oh, you're intrigued, I bet.
1: I guess intriguing is an interesting word. I would say it's (laughs) like far-fetched.
0: Yeah. You know (laughs) what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down and um, write out some catchphrases. But I I know that uh, our... Our listeners, they are very creative.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> so are.
0: Everyone, we're, we're moving forward. We're going to try to think of some catchphrases. Uh, just want to thank everyone for listening. We really appreciate um, uh, this opportunity. I want to recognize the privilege that we have to be on Musqueam territory, to be able to mm-hmm. talk about these things and recognizing, um, yeah, that's just, we're very lucky to be able to. Discuss and have these sort of conversations. Uh, thank you to Elena, and uh, we hope that uh, you will listen to episode two, uh, which will be dropping in a few weeks' time. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at careercarrots with an S at outlook.com. You can send any questions, comments, maybe talk about what you think Elena's uh, favorite catchphrase should be. And uh, if you have a question, maybe we'll try to feature it in a future episode. We also have an Instagram handle is Kerr Carrots. And so you can follow us there. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody.